What is up, Strides for Strength fam? I am Michaela. And I'm Erin. And we're RCA certified run coaches and the founders of Strides for Strength Run Coaching. We are here to help you build belief in yourself as an athlete on the run and beyond. The Strides for Strength podcast is running meets everyday life. We focus on mindset, physical strength, and all of life's in-between moments of self-doubt and fear, both on and off the run. Our mission is to make running simple and fun while we pull back the curtains around all things running with athlete interviews, guest experts, combined with our many years of running experience, going from non-runners to now more multiple time marathoners to help you become the athlete you were always meant to be. Welcome Kristen to the strides for strength strength. That's a mouthful. Oh my gosh. The strides for strength podcast. Wow. 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 Okay. Wow. Uh, Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I actually found you through Instagram a, a while ago. I've kind of weirdly been following you for a little bit um when you had your, oh, really? <laughs> um your greeting card company back during covid I followed that and I found you oh, through sweet. that and that's oh. how I loved your cards back in the day they were so cute that like, um, warms my heart thank you yeah <laughs> oh my gosh of course uh so tell us a little bit about who you are what you do who Kristen is as a whole yeah, um, my name is Kristen Dornboss. I'm a runner, obviously. Um, I'm an adaptive athlete, um, and I'm a licensed massage therapist in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, I love that. I have an yeah. athlete actually that's a uh, massage therapist, and so we we talk about <laughs> her like massage journey and running all the time. And it's yeah, it's funny because I went in for correct me because I know I'm going to say this so wrong. Ash- Ashiatsu massage okay where, like, yeah you, like, I mean yeah. walk on people's back and she was like yeah I have to do this all the time I was like oh my god you like walk on people all day and then you go run like that's what? insane I love that I can um, confidently say like I've never in six years of practicing massage I've never walked on anyone's back like really that has never happened once so I don't know what kind of massage your <laughs> friend does kind of wild <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. She said she does it all the time. She's like, people love it. I did it once. I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna say no to that. No. <laughs> like hard, hard no. me. No. Um <laughs> that's so cool. So how long have you been a massage therapist for? Um, about six years now. I worked at um a chiropractic office for a few years, and then just about a year ago, I started my own practice. Um so I am fully self-employed. Um, I work for myself. I get to be my own boss. And yeah, I get to call my own shots on like the type of clients that I see. So um, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I do is more centered around like the sports um sports massage and then medical massage. So I still do see some of the the um people that I saw at the Cairo office for like back pain, neck pain scoliosis type of things, um, that kind of stuff. So it's about 50, 50, like I get a lot of runners and crossfitters and like weekend warrior kind of athletes. And then I get, you know, the other half is, is more of the, the medical side of things. Oh, that's so cool. Do you yeah. go to people's houses or do you have a facility that you work out of? Um, I have a location. I'm actually here in my office right now. It's hilarious. Oh, nice. My my computer is like propped up on my massage table <laughs> just so I can like have a quiet space to like record and everything. But um, yeah, so I have my own little office space um, inside of a co-op. So there's what three other massage therapists here. And yeah, we all share the the bills and the rent and everything. And it's a great setup. I love it. So yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And I love that you get to work too with runners and athletes because I feel like being able to work with someone 
when you do that activity on your own, totally. you push you at so much of a, like you're able to connect on a different level and you know how to help them better. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's really dig into kind of how you help runners. And like you said, CrossFitters on the run with massage, um, are there specific, obviously not Ashiatsu. So don't even like throw <laughs> that one out there. Um, are there certain types of like massages that people do that work better for like runners, CrossFitters? dive into that because I don't know what I'm talking about massage. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, there's so many different terminologies for massage and like, it's literally the same license for all of them. So I have the same like education and training as somebody who might do the, the Ashiatsu like stuff or spa based stuff or whatever. Um, it's just that I have more of a, I would say probably a deep tissue, um, approach. And I definitely am of the mindset that I'm not just going to like lightly pet you with oil. Like we're going to, we're going to actually like get into your muscles and do some, some good work. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing different things for different people and every session is a little bit different based on their specific needs, their injury history, all of that stuff. So I love that. Um, can, can we talk yeah. about like, the impact or like the frequency in which you recommend? I'm sure it's like specific, but honestly, I think I've had like maybe four massages in my entire life. So I don't know anything about yeah. this. <laughs> and like, I'm always like new training cycles. I'm like, I'm going to be better about like the prehab rehab, you know, but I'm anyway. going to do it this time. Yeah. yeah. And then like, it doesn't happen. Like here we are. Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Totally. I mean, you can get benefits even just from one session. I think if somebody is dealing with a more chronic issue of like tightness in X, Y, Z areas, uh, you know, probably the longest I would go between massages, if you want to continue to see benefits from that is like a month, you know, so monthly massage. Um, if you're dealing with like something that's like really bad and you're really flared up and things are very tight and very angry, um, every other week or something. But I mean, even just for like athletes, I think a lot of people, um, have like the little massage guns at home. And so that kind of thing can be actually really helpful for just everyday kind of like tightness and stuff. But um, there's definitely a time and a place for hiring a professional and going and having that hour to just like chill and relax. And yeah, I think that a lot of athletes are like, well, why would I do that if I can just you know, dig into my hamstrings at home with whatever tool that I have. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to like have that hour where your nervous system comes down out of the stratosphere. And like, so many of us are in that fight or flight mode, like perpetually, just all the time. Right. And our bodies are under so much stress with not only life, but just training and being a high level athlete. And so, um, yeah, being able to turn on like that parasympathetic nervous system and just tell your brain to tell your muscles and tell your body, like chill the F out. Like, yeah, like you need fine. to just calm down. Like yeah. it's okay. You know, like you can, you can let go, you can eat, release some of that. And yeah, there's, there's so many benefits to massage from like blood flow to, um, range of motion stuff. Um, you know, hormonal benefits. I mean, so even just one, even just one session, you can, you can walk out feeling really good. Let's take a quick pause to talk about one of our favorite products, UCAN. UCAN breaks down carbs slowly, delivering long-lasting energy with no spike and crash, which means hello, PR city. Coach Mick's favorite product is UCAN Energy. It has no sugar and no stimulants, aka the perfect free-run fuel 
and a go-to for her 12-hour shifts. She personally loves the orange or lemon flavor. Coach Erin's favorite product is the peanut butter fudge energy bars. If you're looking for a quick bite before the gym to keep you fueled through your workout, look no further. It honestly tastes like a Reese's, which means you can't go wrong. Use code YOUCANCOACHSFS or head to link in the show notes to save 10% on your order. I guess I've never really thought about like the nervous system regulations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm, I'm the worst. I am that <laughs> yeah. person that's like, oh, I can do this at home. Like, let me go get my kitchen knife and just like scrape my calf. And you're like, oh, please, no. Yeah, because that's <laughs> relaxing, right? Yeah, right. Like, it's very casual. <laughs> yes, totally. I yeah. Did not. My biggest weakness is asking for help. So, therefore, I'll do it myself. You know, like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. did quote unquote, baby Kristen pre massage therapist, Kristen, Kristen, if you will, did she always want to be a massage therapist? Like, was this always the goal? What did that look like kind of leading up into your career? Uh, oh, that's a hilarious question because I remember when I was like 17 or 18 and I was in high school, I went through this phase where I was like, I think I want to do some sort of like certificate program of like, maybe be a cosmetologist or like do massage therapy. And I went and I visited the massage school um, in Grand Rapids um, and I really liked it and everything. But my parents were like, oh, hell no. Like you're going to a real college, you're getting a real degree, blah, blah, blah. Like they were very <laughs> unhappy with it. And um, so I did, I went to college and I got a four-year bachelor degree in music that I will probably never use. And then found my way back to massage therapy later in life after I started running and everything, I think just being an athlete and understanding like the benefits that it has for your body, your training, um, your recovery, all of that, um, kind of was what pushed me into exploring massage therapy again. And I went back to that same massage Academy, like 10 years later. (laughs) So I love that. You're like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And this is what I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) And also it's such a perfect example of like how things don't always look so linear. Like you think Mm -hmm. it's going to be like in your brain, you're like, Oh, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to school to be a massage therapist. And then I'm going to have my own practice. But in reality, it's this like zigzag line to the top. Like you're going to come, you're you're going to go to school to get your bachelor's degree in music. And then you're Mm -hmm. going to be like, what am I doing? And then you're going to eventually end up where you want to go. But I think that correlates over into the running world so much uh, Mm -hmm. because you striving for these like PRs and these big races and these big goals, like it's not going to be linear. Like it's not going to look like you may have that idea of what it should look like in your brain. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah. That was totally random. Um, so let's dig a little bit more into your running career. How long have you been running for? Um, I have been running since 2016. So what is that? Like eight years now, seven years. Time is an illusion. <laughs> that I, don't sounds, I don't know <laughs> what day As it I'm is. Without my fingers. So. <laughs> 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 so count on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it feels awesome. weird saying that. Yeah. I've been running for like eight years now, which is just crazy to think about, but yeah. I still feel like a baby runner sometimes. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but (laughs) always. Yeah, I think that's everyone. Um, What sort of made you get into running? Was there something that drew you towards it? Did you know you always wanted to be a runner? Like, what did that look like? (laughs) No, um, no, stumbled upon that at all. (laughs) Um, 
No, I was not into sports at all, like growing up and I was never super athletic. I was always the kid picked last in gym class, um, that kind of story. And so, um, I didn't start running until I was like 26, maybe, um, 25 or 26, somewhere in there. Um, I was living out of state and I was in a city that I just like, didn't know anybody, didn't really have any friends, didn't have a lot to do. I lived alone, like literally just me and the dog. And so, I would like come home from work and it was just like an empty apartment. And it was super lonely and weird. And just like, I needed something to fill my time. I needed like a goal to chase. I needed something to like make me feel accomplished and something just challenging. So um, that was kind of what started running for me. Yeah. Yeah. What was the first race that you ever did? <laughs> it was a trail 5k um, with my mom. And she went big for the first one. <laughs> I know. I did not know that it was a trail race. I thought that it was just a normal like road 5K. And so I signed us up. My mom runs a little bit too. And so I signed us both up for like a Mother's Day gift. Because it was like on Mother's Day or something. I was like, oh, this would be really fun. And then we got there and we were like running through this like orchard over all these like roots and rocks and everybody. <laughs> it's like like a single track. Like uh, it was terrible. It was really bad. Oh no. Um, not what but we expected. Still stuck with it. <laughs> yes. It was like, only a five k too, one. so it was like, yeah. I mean, I could do anything for like three miles. It's fine, but yeah, not the most fun I've had in my life. <laughs> what were those, what was your mom's thoughts after? Did she have some some things to say? Was she grateful? Was she like, I loved every minute of that? Hold she was like, thoughts. this was fun to do this with you, but next time let's just do a road race. And I was like, sorry, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> realize. My mom would not be having that. She'd be like, no. Oh, um, yeah. And then you dabbled into marathoning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dabbled. Yes. Dabbled. <laughs> um, how many have you done? Um, well, I've done two official marathons. I've done one that was like a solo COVID, uh, totally unofficial, just me out there running a marathon by myself. So that's yeah. like two and a half. Like, when I hear people did like COVID marathons, I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ironically, it was like the one that I did the best at. Like I, I just thrive off of like being in my own little world and in my own head. And I don't really do well with like all the chaos of like big races and stuff. So like, I mean, that's still my marathon PR technically is when I just I went out and ran a marathon by myself. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. We actually just recorded a podcast before your podcast with um, a guy that runs ultras and he went from road running to ultra running for that reason. He was like, oh, wow. yeah. from, like the, the high stress of road races and I wanted to like escape it. And he was like, trail running <laughs> was a way to like be by myself and get in my own brain. So I think that's cool. And there's a lot to say about that too. Um, because yeah. it's easy to get into your own head in a negative way in road running when there's so many people around you. And like Michaela has said all the time too, like, you know, run your own race, but it's impossible when there's a million people around you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess let's dig into that a little bit. And how do you, how do you really navigate those bigger races with a million people around you and like staying in your own lane, if you will, and like running the race that you set out to actually run? Yeah, I don't feel like I've actually done that successfully yet. <laughs> like I've had I've had two experiences with like a, running a marathon that was like slightly bigger. It was I ran Indie Monumental both times. Um and I mean it was good. It was fine. It just um 
I don't know, there was, there was issues too, around like some of the accessibility needs and like accommodations that I needed that like, it was, I don't know, I, we can get into that later too, but um, I don't, I don't have any of this figured out, man. And I feel like even after three marathons, like I still know nothing. And <laughs> I don't know if you guys feel similarly, but it's like every one of them has been so different, incredibly different as an experience. And I can't really make any general like statements about myself in the marathon from any of them because they're just so wildly like totally disparate experiences. Yeah. Well, I think you pick up, like you learn little things from each race. Yeah. You know? Oh, technically. You, yeah. I definitely don't know everything there is to know about marathoning, but I feel like I can, I can at least pick like one lesson that I've learned from each race, whether it be sure, yeah. went totally great or I learned during the race that I'm like, I will mm-hmm. never do that again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, totally. But let's use that to kind of pivot in a little bit. Um, you are an adaptive athlete. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit um, and just talk about kind of your diagnosis and touch on that a little bit um, and kind of your running journey with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am somebody who um, I am reliant on a feeding tube. Um, I have like multiple digestive conditions. Um, so some malabsorption things, um, gastroparesis and about gosh, like five years ago now, um, is when I had a feeding tube placed, um, for nutrition and everything. I do still, like, I still eat normally like by mouth, but, um, it's more of like, um, what's the word? It's like a, like a supplemental thing. Um, but yeah, definitely was in a really rough place health-wise um, before that. And like, had just gotten super sick and had lost a ton of weight. And like, nutritionally, like things were like really wonky, like blood work and everything was just like, I don't know, stuff was not right. And um, so, yeah, I have um, a feeding tube. I am on like a, like an elemental kind of like pre-digested formula that um, I just have to get in X amount per day. And, um, that really keeps me like in check as far as getting everything that I need out of my diet and, um, being able to like sustain all of the energy needs that come with training at a pretty high level. So, um, yeah, it does make things a lot more complicated when you're talking about like running races and fueling for like a marathon or something. Um, I, it doesn't really affect anything shorter than like, you know, like 10 K or shorter. Like I don't need to like fuel for that. Right. Like, and I don't know anybody who's taking gels during a 5k, but, um, (laughs) when you get into, yeah, the half marathon and anything longer than that, like, um, it becomes very much just a, um, a game of trying to figure it all out. And so I feel like I'm still in that process, even five years later. Um, I, there's a lot that I've learned and there's a lot that I still have to learn. And, um, that's kind of the life of like being an adaptive athlete. It's just adapting literally all the time and trying to figure it out. So. I love that. One thing that I really admire about like that and still running marathons is, the ability to adapt to your circumstances rather than letting them kind of define you or hold you back. Mm -hmm. Like 
really figuring out how to make the most of a situation. So for me, I think that that's super admirable because I think a lot of times people are like, I can't like because of X, Y, Z reasons. And it's like, everybody's circumstances are so different, but really mm-hmm. yeah. allowing yourself to show up as you are and still have fun and make progress and know that you're not going to have it all figured out right away. And it's like feeling as an athlete is a whole science experiment in itself. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, major props to you for, you know, still staying committed to figure it out because I can imagine that it's not easy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. And I, I love that you, you do talk on your Instagram about, um, to an extent about your, um, diagnosis and stuff like that. And I, also do just want to say that like that did bring me to your page back in the day. I did find you through your um, greeting card company, but I also um, have like a bunch of GI issues and issues. And it was just really cool to see your page and like you bringing awareness to it and being like, Hey, like (laughs) here's another person in the world who like deals with these issues and you can overcome them. And like, you can do these things too. And it's like, Oh wow. Like, I'm not the only one. So it's really cool what you do and just like what you talk about and like bringing awareness to it. So I, I totally. just wanted to say that it is really oh, cool. Yeah. So appreciate it. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that you like deal with some of that stuff too. Um, And like, that's always a question that I have is like, where is the line between like chronic illness and disability? Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's so, there's so much gray area and that everything is such a spectrum. Right. And so like, maybe those lines don't exist. Maybe they only exist when we as individuals, like, feel the need to draw the line. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that there's something in that, that like everybody on some level can relate to is having to adapt because your body isn't like everybody else's body, right. Having to figure out and troubleshoot and find what works for you. Um, and not just take kind of the blanket statement advice that's given to like every runner. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sure you dealt with the same things, but I, I remember being in sixth grade whenever like I was first diagnosed with everything and my doctor was like oh like he's never gonna run a marathon and I just like that has stuck with me my entire life and I just remember being like bet like cool like let's go all right Um, watch me yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and it's like having those other people tell you what you can and can't do based off of what you have and it's like Mm -hmm. just because I have this thing doesn't mean that it is me and like yeah determines what I'm doing, you know? Um, so anyways, I just think it's really cool. I can talk about that for days, but, um, so let's talk a little bit about like your running and how you kind of had to pivot with, um, adding the tube, because if I understood correctly, you chose to get the tube. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like kind of how you had to adapt in your running journey with the tube. Yeah. I mean, was it a choice? Yes. Kind of. Um, I think that if I didn't have it, um, would I still be alive? Yeah, probably. But like, I would just be like a total shell of myself. Right. Sure. And so it was like, I was at a point health wise where, um, you know, I was trying to run somewhat. Um, but I mean, I was super low mileage. I was, I was like in the 20 some miles per week. And like, my bones were literally breaking because I was just so like, nutritionally like not in a good place right and so to me it was like I can't I can't do the things that I want to do and I can't run at the level that I want to run and I can't live the kind of life that I want to live 
if I don't do anything. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it was a choice to say, okay, sure, we can do a feeding tube. Um, and I mean, I don't regret it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's take a little bit of a turn here and okay. move back into um kind of your like your day-to-day as a massage therapist and kind of what that looks like. I know you own your own business, which is super mm-hmm. cool. So what does your training look like with that? I feel like you probably have more of like a free, I don't want to say free schedule because owning your own business is really, really hard, but <laughs> you have more control over your schedule, I guess is a better word. Um, so what does your training look like right now? What are you training for, et cetera? Yeah, um, you're right. Like I have a lot of flexibility um, with my schedule because I'm the one calling the shots. So um, I start my workday around probably one or two most days of the week. And um, so that gives me time to wake up and take care of any like medical stuff that I got to take care of and then um, get out for a run or a workout or something, get cleaned up and then head into work in the afternoon. And so, um, yeah, that seems to be like the sweet spot for me as far as like scheduling things goes. Um, So, yeah, I have a lot of like freedom and a lot of time I think to train. Um, and I'm grateful for that, but I'm not really like training for anything specific at the moment. Um, I'm coming off of like a icky kind of season of injury and like just trying to get back into consistent running. Um, so super low mileage at the moment. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about dabbling in triathlon this spring and doing a race like that, that just like is more focused on cross training and just being really aerobically fit and not, not just like pounding my body into the ground with tons of running right now. So yeah, that's so fun. Have you ever done a triathlon before? Yeah, I've done a couple. Um, they were shorter. It, I did one sprint and one Olympic. And so there's part of me that's like, go big or go home. Like I want to do a half Ironman, you know, like we're going to, we're going to see, um, some of that depends too on like the, the race directors and like what they are going to allow for like accommodations on course and stuff. Um, I mean, sure. I, doing a longer try or a longer race means ha- like having to have more equipment and have more stuff that I have to like adjust. And, uh, if they're not going to allow that, then it's not really a possibility for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just trying to get through the red tape right now of like figuring out what I can do as far as, um, races go, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards that. I'm really excited to like have a season of chasing a big goal and not having like running be the the big thing the you know focus. yeah yeah what's your least favorite of the three because I know what mine is and I wonder same as oh biking oh my god no mine's swimming that's oh, no. so <laughs> uh, I'm not a I'm not a bad swimmer I'm like slower than your grandma's grandma but I'm like confident in the water and I know that I'm not gonna drown so like Swimming is fine. I'm fine. Yeah. As a swimmer. I mean, I guess like the act of swimming is not what it is for me. It's just the fact that it it can't be a pool. Like, I don't like not knowing what's (laughs) under me. I'm like, like, how big is this fish that's just chilling, like waiting to eat me? I don't know. It just makes me so Yeah. Well, you could do an indoor triathlon. There you go. Oh, there we go. I'm sad. I've just decided that I'm going to like collectively get a group of friends that each has their own niche. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll handle the running. You handle the biking and then you can handle the swim. And yes. <laughs> and we do a relay and we crash yeah. it. There we go. Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork. Yeah. Awesome. Wait, um, 
Is that a thing? Well, we, that's can a thing. A thing. we can make oh. it. A thing. <laughs> we can make it. I don't know. Know. <laughs> but I guess it is a thing already. <laughs> um, okay, so this is like my favorite thing that I wanted to ask you about because we always bring this into the conversation here at Strides for Strength. Your dog is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And we are absolutely going to add the picture to the show notes or not the show notes, but the Instagram whenever we promote this because your dog is I so stinking cute. So tell us about oh, your pupper. <laughs> Josie, um, I call her Josie Muppet. She has an Instagram. It's just Josie Muppet. But um, she is a Chinese crested. She's one of those like hairless ones. So she's got this kind of like crazy little Einstein mop on her head. And then like her paws and ears and stuff are fluffy. But um, her full body is just like naked with spots. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She's the cutest. I love it so Mm -hmm. much. Um, Not everybody says that, though. But no, they're oh my gosh, that's so rude. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. No, I don't. Yeah. Awesome. Kristen, well, it was so great to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy that I was finally able to connect with you after following you stalkerishly for like four years. So um, I just like slid into your DMs and was like, hey girl, you want to come on the podcast? Yeah. Thanks so much for um, having me. Yeah. So let everyone know where we can find you, where we can find um Josie May at. <laughs> yeah, I'm in I'm on um Instagram as uh run like a K boss and then my dog is just at Josie Muppet. So Sweet. we're gonna make her famous. Make her famous, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We know running is more fun with community and we all need more people in our lives who share that crazy kind of love for everything on the run and beyond. If you have a running bestie who you think would love this episode and our Strides for Strength community, send this episode and follow us on Instagram at Strides for Strength. Until next time, friend, keep working towards a stronger you.